0: Welcome to more to come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the P.W. offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of P.W. Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics.
1: Hi, I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the Graphic Novels Review Editor of Publishers Weekly as well as the Editor-in-Chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at P.W.
2: Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com.
0: And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. All right, this week on More to Come, it's going to be New York Comic Con all day long. Yeah, we
1: we didn't have time to really make a subject list, so we're just going to uh, riff on our impressionistic impressions of uh, this overwhelming experience. Well, so, I think the uh the
0: headline on the on our report uh when it goes live it was what brands and fans.
1: <laughs> and it was the biggest ever. I spoke with Lance Festerman on uh the last day of the show and he confirmed that they had sold what was it 100, 169,000 169, tickets. 169,000 tickets, so which in last That's year like. it was a mere 151,000 <laughs> tickets. And That's a big change. And I want it, to
0: say, oh you, oh no, you didn't, New York Comic Con. Oh Comic-Con.
1: no, you didn't. <laughs> and um, but they did it by selling more tickets for Thursday, yeah, which is and- now a full show, and also uh, mixing up. So there's fewer four day passes, there's more one day passes, and um, you know, I don't, huh, I don't know sometimes why they have so many people there, <laughs> but I guess well,
0: it, it, it's very interesting. And we were talking about this on the show. There's, there does not seem to be any sort of cap by no. New York City fire marshals No, here. there isn't. Well, although they, we
2: did have a fire marshal incident. They did, they
1: did. Uh, you know what, I'll get to that in a minute, but you know what, I talked to Lance, I just said, Lance, do you see a, do you see a peak for this? And he just looked into the space
2: and said no. I mean, you <laughs> but know. surely you can't fit un- unnumbered number of people in the Javits. It's already bonkers. Well, I know. And I think that is really going to be the issue for
1: them is how they are going to. You know, San Diego Comic-Con has capped the show. And if you were to ask me how many people show up for both events, I would say last year even though it claimed to be bigger i wasn't so sure this year i do think it was bigger oh i
0: don't think there's any doubt yeah. and i thought I last year it was bigger yeah. there there were more people you could There tell. were
1: there were more people and uh but at some point you have to say this is how we're going to say you know this is this is how big it is and uh you know that's always my biggest worry and so what the incident was on friday now interestingly enough I went to Artist Alley, which is located in the North Hall. You have to go through this kind of tunnel. Yes, a concourse. A concourse, yes. Thank you, Calvin. A concourse to get to it. In previous years, the concourse was merely a concourse, but this year it was jammed with activations, as they call them. Which uh, took
2: up a lot of which space. Which took up a lot of
1: space, and there was, uh, some of the activations were really fun, like there was one where you could get turned into a zombie, there was another where you could sign <laughs> up for tickets for the Larry Whitmore show, there was another where the, the Progressive had a yes. very,
2: very busy booth. A where, very, very disturbing booth. Uh,
1: where people were going, but you know, they were... Protector Girl. Protector Girl, but they were also having <laughs> lockers where you could go
2: and store The lockers yours. were a good idea. Right. The they People dressed as unicorns were bad. But you know why they were
1: there, right? They were there to stand in line. Yeah, they were. they were were
2: so freaky, no one wanted anything to do with them.
1: Well, (laughs) I saw they were, a lot of them were ladies, because you could tell. And then I saw one of the ladies, because the lines of the ladies' room were so long. I actually saw one of the unicorn ladies kind of... Wandering around and trying to decide what to do and then just quietly getting to the men's room line. Cause underneath you couldn't really could tell, tell what was going on, you know? So, or maybe look, I don't want to judge anyone. I'm just saying. Yeah, right, I'm yeah. just that, saying the unicorn yeah. was very flexible in their bathroom a, usage. A, a and I would have done a this.
0: Transgender unicorn, apparently. If
1: I were wearing a mask where I could get <laughs> away with going the to the men's room. Yes, passing. yes. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, they were everywhere. But anyway, back to the story I was trying to tell again. We're just impressionistic here, folks. That's fair. Um, As I went <laughs> through, I noted how jammed the concourse was. And I've been to this concourse many a time. It's never and, been like that. And I turned on my Periscope, and I, I Periscoped uh, how busy it was. And then I got there and uh, was walking around, talking to people, and left, went back to our booth. In fact, where I heard uh or maybe it was up in the press room where it was like just after I'd left they'd actually cut shut shut it down cuz that concourse had gotten too I got caught crowded. In there on
0: Friday yeah, no so you movement were there. back or forth i mean it, you know they they finally resolved it but it was insane i mean you couldn't move in any direction part of the reason uh it seems to me is that there's so many activations you going can't on. you can use it as a hallway. On that lower level that they set up right in front of the entrance to the concourse which doesn't make any sense. It so you have a lot of Mickey you know standing around at they, they 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 put some talk show there one day um, from TV, the Jurassic, the Velocir- Velociraptor the was there. Well, you're
1: talking about the larger concourse. So I'm were, talking the you tra- larger concourse? were you trapped in the main concourse I got caught, the-
0: caught going through that Wow. That tunnel. Wow. And it just stopped. Yeah. Because it was a bottleneck. Going, You could neither go backwards, forwards. They couldn't get people in, they couldn't get people out. Well, it was a jam on the other side. Let it was me ridiculous. tell you,
1: I, again, you know how uh, this is one of Heidi's podcast only stories. So okay. <laughs> I ran into a very, very seasoned convention organizer who must remain nameless, but very seasoned, very experienced with huge crowds. And uh, this person also was there when it was happening. So he told me what they did was that they saw it was getting too crowded going into Artist Alley. So they said no one could go in. But then they stopped everyone by these activations so that the people who were leaving had no place to go. So, and he tried to warn them. He tried to tell them this isn't going to work. But, yeah. you know, just as with the and Greenest people, <laughs> yes. uh, no one would listen. <laughs> yes. And the result is that there was this huge backup that you're talking about. Yes. Now, to be very, you know, New York Comic Con's credit, they realized this was a problem. And the next day they opened up an outside
0: well, they had the traffic go one way through the, into in the hall and then out outside the to right. exit the hall now, and get back inside. Lance
1: was very frank. He says just do that costs money because Javits charges for everything. But, you know, once they, and that's why they didn't do it to begin with. Mm. Uh, but once they did see that was happening, uh, they did, you know, get yeah. the people. I had, had, well, they won't do it. There they was won't good do weather. it. Right. They won't do it overnight. They have to do it during the day. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Weather, or smother. I mean, it's like, you gotta go get in the weather anyway. So it's well, like, yeah. I think people would rather run to a raindrop than be
2: trampled well, it's trapped to death. In the hall, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, well, I, with other I, smelly I people. I, I, mean, know I know I would. I know they get money from the hallway activations. But yes. Frankly, I think they should put the hallway activations in less crap. Places. Well, let me like maybe that landing in the there's this landing in the uh area the sort of addition to the jab, It's where the artist alley is where mm-hmm. there's this big landing um yeah and but that was
1: jammed too Kate. it wasn't it was. as
2: jammed and it was wider but yeah. anyway um, but he, you know and you could they could put some on the lower level now the
1: only place where you could escape right now is the crystal palace up top Oddly and enough, yeah. Oddly enough, it's completely vacant. It's it's, it's 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 a wonderful place. You can only get in if you have a VIP badge or a press badge, which we have. You know what our exhibitors' badges? If you have a special badge, you can get up there. And you know, thank God. Ah, uh, but the reality is, and I kept talking about this, and you know, a lot of times you you rail and complain about people who aren't what they seem to be. And you know, we've had a lot of complaints about New York Comic Con. But I have to say, I think this time I began to understand. That it's not even pretending to be anything else, but it's just a big brand activation,
2: <laughs> and
1: they're very, they're pretty out in the open about this now. They're not really pretending. I mean, of course, it's all about the fans and how wonderful it is for yeah. the fans. But basically, you could not do anything at this show without giving over your contact details. Absolutely. And this is all about getting uh mailing lists. You know, LexCorp really <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: great
2: <laughs> sponsorship.
0: Apparently, really even Lex excellent. Luther, um, you know. I couldn't get a, but, get but, a sponsorship but deal. But to be
2: fair... with the, Okay, guys, LexCorp was... For, for you listeners out there, LexCorp... LexCorp? Yeah, it was from DC. Um, was sponsoring the Wi-Fi. But yes. to be fair... They did give you the option of not giving them your email and yeah, just using true. the you Wi-Fi that. After anyway. After
1: the first two days. Yeah,
0: that's I true. See. Yeah, I will say this, though. Supervillains provide very efficient uh, Wi-Fi. Yes. The, the Wi-Fi actually worked it pretty did. well throughout It worked throughout pretty the well, relatively relatively it, did work, yeah. it did work very I well. Was, uh, I was surprised. And so, you know, one
1: other thing that Lance thanks, told Lex. me. That's in that's in the story is that when they are working with uh different brands, they try to have uh sponsorships that solve problems. So, you know, like, oh, what kind of sponsorship do you want? Oh, well once you give everyone Wi Fi. You know, yeah. that
2: costs a lot of money. That's yeah. like forty, but, fifty thousand know, dollars to uh, do that. Cracked thing um sponsored the ladies' bathroom.
1: Oh, I never even went in. So Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah they um I'm a they... Little disturbed by that but I no, 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 held no, it I'm the whole time. Curious. They the? <laughs> they um they paid for a full time attendant there to be there and keep the place clean like nine like twenty four like there's always someone in the yeah. like, main floor ladies' room keeping it clean, wearing a little cracked apron. Um and then they were handing out they had a little basket of like cracked super mansion themed gum and crack super mansion themed mouthwash mm-hmm. to make you less stinky on the floor. Nice. Nice. So, That's excellent. That's you know, great No, like yeah. I, that was that was a sponsorship that and solved that, the
1: Another one that was up in the press room which was sponsored by um, it was sponsored by non-dairy creamer, Star oh, Wars themed yes, non-dairy right. creamer. Star Wars And it coffee was, ex- mate. it was great. Star Wars coffee, mate, And you yeah. know what? It was wonderful. It was yeah. tasty, not good for you, but, but every, there you go. but every time you went up there to the press room, yeah. there was fresh coffee and, uh, delicious Chewbacca flavored creamer <laughs> yes, yes. to put in it. And, uh, that was great. So, you know, I guess maybe part of my more accepting nature of this is that they did very much try to get things that that added. They comfort were added to added service to Yeah, they added, know, added comfort to the fans. and service.
2: Um, and I will say that like I think I don't know how much they paid for it, probably a lot. But uh points to the Jurassic World people for having the most impressive brand activation right, there. Right. They actually you know those famous gates? They actually made one of the gates to the main floor. Like that famous Jurassic yeah. Park gate, yeah. and
1: then music that haunted your dreams. But yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But uh, but um, I mean, I think that this year there were a lot. I mean, in the past there were some brands there that we just were we questioned, like the time Ace Hardware was there without well, there, any. There was
2: a brand I questioned. Yeah, what was that? The enormous, and they literally could not sell anything. They kept marking their prices down. Star Wars M and M's booth. They were convinced that people who came to a con they could buy regular Star Wars thing would in fact want to, th- to buy like, like giant, like, I mean there must have been like $20,000 worth of Star Wars M&M's merchandise there and no one was buying any of it. where they were like, do you want a t-shirt with Darth Vader and the M&M? Do you want a a beach blanket with Darth (laughs) Vader and the M&M? No, you don't. And nobody did. And so they kept, I mean, they weren't even giving it away. They were trying to sell it and like no one was buying. And it was an enormous booth. It had to cost them, I don't know how much money, but I just was like, (laughs) (laughs) you poor
1: fools. Right, right. Well, in an article in Adweek that I, I missed before the show, it did talk a lot about, uh, why brands want to go to Comic Con and how New York Comic Con, in particular, is positioned, Wait. and it's positioned as a way to reach the the damn millennials. Yeah, it's they a millennial
0: ghetto. It's as a millennial, they yeah, and you know That's what? The reason. And I
1: mean, the it's pro- a great way. <laughs> it is, and the programming, you know, once you once you say and no, that makes it affordable this is, to go. Yeah, this
0: is o- not- as you say, it's the only thing that'll make them look up from their phones. Right.
1: And once you say <laughs> to yourself that this is for your, you know, millennials who are uh really into their branding and really into their every you know their video games and all that stuff and and now you see it as as what it is as really kind of a theme park with nerd stuff at the center hmm. Uh, i i now i i'm sort of like you know now i get it now i understand how to negotiate and you kind of have acceptance and you know kate and calvin i want to hear your your takes on how it changed especially kate from the booth but you know it's like as an old timer such as myself uh, you know, you go through these stages of grief and uh, anger and, and denial, and then finally you have acceptance. And it's like, you know, it's like, oh, this is not my Comic Con. And until, in my mind, you explain to me why my Comic Con is is not better than your Comic Con, I'm going to continue <laughs> to fight. I'm not saying that my Comic Con is is not, you know, equal to this Comic Con, but you know, now I get it. Now, well, yeah. now I'm going to go with the flow.
2: Well, I mean, I I guess this is. I, I have never known a different world, Heidi. <laughs> um I always sort of thought of of like the big shows as being kind of uh theme parky. But I mean I I was comparing it with with the I'm sorry, not very good Big Apple Comic Con, which was just sad, sad scene. Even before New York Comic Con came on the scene. And you know, in comparison to that blatant Money grab with no redeeming value or like amusement value. Um, New York Comic Con is like a, a cornucopia of delightful programming and, you know, informative, creative stuff. Yes. And, yes. And like the good kind of marketing, the good kind of theme park. Um, but you know, I mean, I feel like there are, there are enough of the calves that when you want like the really hard hitting, Panels by really famous people talking about like really hard to think about stuff and history and blah 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 blah. You can get that, and New York Comic Con is not that place, generally speaking. And New York yeah. Comic Con is more about like what's current and exciting to people
0: mm-hmm. at and, you the know, moment. I actually didn't really go to cons. Um, I sort of came late to con, really late to, to, to con culture. Um, I my introduction to really these things was really uh S yeah, um mocha in many ways. Uh and um and actually I, as I read about Comic Cons, I was you know, I thought they were interesting. I think I went to the to one early Big Apple con.
2: Oh god. The... But you
0: know, it really wasn't my the long box <laughs> uh, convention really wasn't my thing. Um i mean i i really go i go to cons really to see the latest graphic novels coming out mm-hmm. from you know i i want to see what's at marvel in d c but you know I really want to see what small presses you know that kind of that kind of publishing is doing um and my first san diego comic con was really the late nineties where we're still a gigantic monster, but frankly it was a gigantic monster that was about three quarters of what it is today, yeah so weirdly enough, I think only, 90, I think yeah. only
1: about 70,000 people
0: went back yeah. in the Yeah, only 70,000. So, people. I mean, in a lot of ways, when I look back on those days, it seemed like, a, like just a barely larger, you know, Mocha or SPX. I mean, you know, we could walk up to the press thing and sort of they would give you a handful of press pages mm-hmm. i mean yeah. um comics were without a doubt the focus of their. there there right. were movies there was this all of this stuff that we were kind of grumbling about now was all present in those older comic cons but they seemed sort of ignorable you could just sort of go on uh you could walk into you could pretty much get into movie and tv panels you know if that's what you were there for it just was I thought magical. Now that doesn't mean that people didn't complain about them bitterly. Yes, of course.
1: It's like wrestling. Everybody complained when it was Steve Austin versus The Rock every night. Yeah, with mankind looking on. But now, now
0: it seems like the golden age. Yes, but but you—it really, um, you know. Now, comics are still, I think, very important in San Diego. Granted, that's you don't read about it in any of the newspapers. You know, New York Comic Con today, I mean, I thought this New York Comic Con reached a new level of intensity. And we can talk about this when we talk about your panel, Heidi. Your, your, Mm. I I forget the name of it, but it's the future of fan conventions or something, which I thought was a very interesting panel. These, these shows have reached a level of intensity that, in my view, this is, this intensity is what the fans are looking for. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And I mean, people really want to, you know, even though it is crowded, you can find the stuff you want. It, it's it's like <laughs> I said to you guys, it was like we were packing up our booth at at, you know, quarter to five on Sunday. I mean the show ends at five o'clock on Sunday, and it was just as
2: jammed at There's with fifteen of people minutes to go. Floor.
1: As, as in, everyone in their last minute. Everyone making last minute. And I mean, even with five minutes to go, it was packed. They didn't want to leave. They didn't want (laughs) to leave. And of course, we all, as exhibitors, wanted them to leave. But I mean, the passion was so intense for this experience. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, and I'm not going to deny that, you know. I mean, I, I think what my, my complaints, you know, we should definitely talk about programming, is I do feel that there's an incredibly sophisticated audience in New York. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the first couple of years, Calvin, you and I were both involved with programming. And, you know, sure. we did mm-hmm. some pretty pretty yeah. cool stuff. Like, you know, I remember we did Scott McCloud talking to Douglas Rushkoff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was an amazing panel that yeah. was Paul Levitz, Todd McFarlane, and, you know, I mean, just that. I'm going to yeah, stop right. right there. I don't yeah, yeah. need a- two other people on the panel. But there was a whole <laughs> other panel. And, uh, you know, it was in a tiny room. I mean, I wish that had gotten more. And And I think all three panels that we were involved with were were really well attended, with very intelligent people, yeah. very very um, you know, invested people who came to learn, not just to yeah. sit down and take time. Uh Kate, I'm sorry.
2: Oh, I was gonna say is that I really felt like the one thing that could expand at Comic Con were more panels, more of the little yes. niche panels. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because, you know, you there were the all the big rooms were taken up. That's fine, but there were still a lot of little rooms that didn't have stuff in them, mm-hmm. and I feel like that would have been a great place to put some of the more niche stuff that you know would would fill I, some of those other I, urges out there. I
0: will say this about the pan, the uh the programming there were, I thought that there was a lot of programming aimed at at what, at what we've been talking about for yeah oh, diversification yeah, a lot. Of yeah absolutely great. and One I thought it was actually percent. quite good um that was great. and I also think that you know it was interesting deciding what to put what room to put something in i mean when you put something in these small rooms uh for my part they overflow they were completely overflowed. although what they do in those smaller rooms um like for instance on the a line and the b line is they sometimes they cut the rooms in half and they make one of them a line waiting room the problem with that is if they had made the whole room open, yeah. they could have gotten everybody standing in yeah, line. Yeah, there was
1: definitely some mixed signals about <laughs> in this. the room. There were some mixed signals. I mean, the you know New York Comic does do room clearing at the major panels, except in one room, and they said that they're going to do that next yeah. year because they don't want people just coming in and camping out. They yeah. don't want campers, <clears> but <throat> that seemed to extend to some of the smaller panels like several like twice i was trying to get into the room where i was going to moderate a panel early because i'd like to do that i like to get on there as early as possible um relax finish up whatever i need to do just kind of you know not be racing into the room yeah and both times I had to struggle to get into the room <laughs> yeah. because they said it's capped. Both times I got into the room and there was plenty of empty seats. And so I don't know what was going, you know, that yeah. I, yeah. I'm told that wasn't a policy, but then I heard, I heard, you know, some people got a mixed message about that, yeah. I guess.
2: So, well, one thing I ran into that was very strange and was almost like mandatory camping was what CBS did the last day of the con. They took the, this huge block from 1.30 to 5.30 and when i was only interested in one show in it and i was like hey so like when is this show on i'm willing to like wait in line outside like half an hour before to like come in when anybody leaves and they're like "Oh, i don't think you can do that i think you just have to be here for the whole thing and i was like what why (laughs) yeah and they were just like well i i I don't know i I guess maybe you could but i don't think you can and i was like but why and they're just like well that's just the way it is and I mean, it was really weird, and I feel like it was really counterproductive in many ways. Mm, yeah, because you know, people aren't going to be happy, like stuck in this room with things they don't want to see. I can't believe that that was ha- actually the case. That was the case. Really? You look at the schedule. That there's you a could leave you? You could leave, but then you lose your seat. Yeah, but that's 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 the way of the world. Yeah. You know? Well, was no. This, but what, hold on a second. Mean,
1: was this at the Empire Room? Yeah. Or, okay, because that is the one room they didn't clear. Well, see,
2: but the thing is, this isn't like these were individual blocks. No, I know. This was one big block, yeah. and you had to sign up for the whole big block. Like the others, like mm. sometimes there would be informal room camping, but, you know. Yeah, but... But, but, but now there, that wasn't even right. an option. Well, it was but, formalized but, but, you room know, camping. But,
1: Kate, I hate to tell you this, but people who are into this stuff We'll sit there for four hours. They wear an adult diaper. They're just... They don't... (laughs) Yeah, but
2: the thing is that actually I think you could have gotten more eyeballs that cared on the screen for each individual thing. Had I mean, I think... Frankly, I think they did it because they were afraid
0: <laughs> right. that
2: their less popular pro- <laughs> yes pro- properties that's, wouldn't have enough people that's looking exactly at it. Why they did so it. therefore, they were holding yeah. everyone else hostage. I can, yeah.
0: can I just I just want to go down really quickly down. Oh, list yeah. of some of the panels they had they had their blackface to Black Panther, which is looking at African American representation in comics, Crip culture in the media on disability and in comics. Gay manga, Yaoi, Yuri, LGBT comics with a fabulous panel. Which Deb is a panel Yoki. we put together, by the way. That yeah, was our way, panel. Yeah. Yes, we put a wonderful that together. panel: Debayoki, Chris Butcher, and Ishi, uh, Erica Friedman. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better no. panel. It was packed. Uh, that the one I, I mentioned. Hope about someone bl-
1: recorded it.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, the, the panel is about blackface. The black panel was really a great panel. I really wanted to be at that panel. I couldn't get into that one. I was really annoyed. Uh, but I did get into the push boundaries, gender diversity, and representation panel. David Brothers was a moderator, terrific, uh, Daryl Ayo, um, Amy Garza, and uh, Joy Stern from Geeks Out. And you know,
1: I actually, uh, I, I forgot, I got into uh this panel that was about, it was led by Christian Zabriskie, who is a librarian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's City. a great guy. Yes, and he had Why We Need Diverse Books. Yeah. Uh, similar, it had uh, Ivan was on it <laughs>
2: oh yeah, yeah I sure. have no notes yeah
1: and uh, Karen Green and also Alex Simmons and and then a fellow whose name I can't remember but he's a Sikh cartoonist he dresses up oh, in Captain really? America and goes oh around. yeah I've seen this guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know I, I'm sure another really fabulous discussion about you know oh, how yeah. important it is and you know as a public librarian uh, Christian Sabrisky really sees this how yeah. important it is to have people
2: like you in in, well, in these weird
0: autobiography uh, yeah. Craig I know whole panel just on that i mean there, the list goes well, on oh,
2: there was there was a mental health and comics panel mm-hmm. y- yes. where they made the point that this is not some separate group that needs representation yes. this is something that affects over half the population right. at some point in their lifetime and you know like everything else in comics is evolving but we still have like for example they mentioned this big sign on the way into artist alley going new york comic-con the biggest insane asylum on the east coast and they were and you know sensitive and then they showed like this they're just like here's one example and they showed this like trailer from gotham that admittedly was pretty horrifying (laughs)
0: arkham asylum
2: yeah and so i was like well like i mean if the only if the most of your representation of this in comics let us say most of it Crazy, crazy people who <laughs> dye their hair green and try to kill Batman. Maybe a little wider variety is, in fact, a good idea. <laughs> uh, and, you know, then they had uh, a pretty good uh, range of people up there from comic creators to. Uh, psychologists, uh, you know. Yeah, no, I, it was, I was, really was led by panel. Jeff Trexler, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I'd I, I,
1: I I'd heard about that being... No, the, the panel went very well. You know, I have to throw this in here because, like, another thing that was said about the con was that you could really feel it in the city. And I have to say, it's like, for the four days, everywhere I went, I saw... Well,
0: I think the new subway subway, station really encouraged people to climb on the trains because there were a lot of costumes on on the second train. Obviously, but
1: I was just going to tell this little story. It's like so it was Tuesday when I finally got out of bed and was able to move around, and you know, I went out, was walking around, and and I was and I saw this person with like white face and green hair, and I'm like, (laughs) like, is it no, the Joker? Are they still that way? And as I got closer. I saw it was just an old lady who had, like, very pale skin and a little green cap on. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. You know what? Steered. Comic-Con is behind us Okay, now. that's right. Yeah, Comic-Con <laughs> is done.
2: I will say, speaking of the train, like, one thing, speaking of things that are different with Comic-Con this year, is the exit from Comic-Con at the end of the day was so much better. Oh, like, it my emptied God. out it emptied out so much faster. Like, usually, when the floor closed, it would be this massive flood. From Eleventh Avenue on up, every block, like wall to wall people, elbows and noses, crazy, crazy badness. Yeah. Um. And that subway just drained off so yep. much of that crowd so quickly. It was beautiful. And I
1: mean, this was a test for the seven because obviously it, it, it's, it's been succeeded. built. It succeeded. It oh, succeeded, and I mean, it's been built. It's for, a game changer for it, getting. But there. it's a game changer for the West Side. It's oh, a game absolutely. It is. For Manhattan. Absolutely. And I mean, looking forward, um. You know, the r- the real future of New York Comic Con is that they want to make it this wide-ranging event that takes place on a lot of different venues. And, uh, you know, I compared it to CMJ. You yeah, know, yes. like mm-hmm. this is yes. – except, you know, I don't know how quite how you're going to do that with 169,000 people. But, um, you What's know – What's CMJ? CMJ is the uh, College Music <clears throat> Journal Festival <clears> throat> that <throat> – it's actually on right now and nobody cares anymore. But it back used in to be the biggest day, thing going, it was boy. a very big thing yeah. where it's like basically – they have bands that come from all over the place uh like they set, say mm-hmm. there it takes place at uh 20 different venues like wherever there's a music club CMJ will take place and then different uh promoters or different record labels set up shows yeah. at each event and every night you your look you have you, a badge okay. now if it's like a really popular show you they still tickets to these events as well uh so if it's a really popular show you need to get there very early to get in to see a popular musician. But usually if you get there within time, you can go see the band. And you know, back in the day, I'm sure some people still do this. Back when I was doing music journalism, it's like you'd get your schedule, you'd cop in cabs, and you'd just go from show to show mm-hmm. to show, just seeing music all night, yeah. seeing your friends and you know, parties, everything. Mm-hmm. Um that's a very small event compared to New York Comic Con. Yeah. But it works. It's more like South by Southwest, too. Isn't that how that
0: works? Uh yeah. Uh, well, to some extent. I mean, it's, 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 South by Southwest is more essentially a more Comic Con like event. in it. it's, it's it's headquartered in a big convention right. center. Okay. Um, but uh, there are n- hotels in close proximity right. where a lot of the programming and panels go on. So you do you do spread out a little bit throughout the city right. to go I, to some. I, of these I will venues.
2: say that spe- New York Comic Cons already started doing this a bit one of their quote-unquote panel rooms was actually a theater down the street right
1: the Hammerstein yes And where yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, is the Hammerstein it's anyway. right on 8th and 34th it's well, like it's, right right it's, yeah, yeah. It's well that's pretty there. far, far but away but I mean also it's 8th Avenue yeah players. but I mean yeah. as the crow flies yeah. it's not that large yeah far. but of I mean you have to really there, want
2: to go to that pound
1: yeah but you know what compared to San Diego I would say it's very like if you I would say like a lot of San Diego events as the crow flies would be probably about the same official events yeah yeah Yeah.
0: there are some things I mean it's you know you gotta walk over from you know Eleventh Avenue to Eighth. I mean, it's not Avenue. more really
2: than far. It's not
1: yeah. more than half a mile. No, so that's more
2: than half
0: a mile. <laughs> well, it's it's a long walk. I'm it, looking at my phone now. These are long, you I know, Midtown Manhattan a, blocks. So. Maybe. It's a long but I mean, walk, but it's not a terrible No, way, it's not. But, I, but, but
1: just to point out, the San Diego Convention Center is half a mile long. Hmm. So if you're going from just from yeah. there to a hotel, you would have walked, you know, yeah, that similar enough. distance. So there's, there
0: um, is still that walk to get there, but it's and, not very far uh, but from there. Speaking the, of expansion,
2: the, um, New York Super Week is sort of a very clever way of taking it, all that, like, stuff floating yeah, and that's around kind of conventions. the beginning of the
0: concept, really. Right. Stuff
2: they have floating around, like, San Diego, but which is not connected to the convention and doing it, New York Comic Con, giving them an umbrella to come under, yeah. <laughs> saying like, Hey, do you want to be part of our officially branded whatever? Just, you know, tell <laughs> us about your event. And I mean, I went to one of their events. Yeah. I went to, I, I did not get tickets fast enough for thrilling adventure hour. Speaking of which, I could not book an interview with those guys on, I went Thursday morning to their booth and I was like, I want to book an interview with you guys. And they're the, I was told, Oh, well, uh, you have to talk to our publicist. And the publicist was like, I was busy. I'm busy. You have to talk to the junior publicist. And I talked to the junior <laughs> publicist. And they are like, oh, they're completely booked for interviews all weekend. We can't talk to you. Goodbye. Well, that's – And I mean – but anyway – Anyway, I couldn't get tickets to their show, and I got tickets to their. Well, they're very their, popular. Yeah, they, yeah. they, <laughs> they are, and I, I love them very much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: um. We, I, yes, we but, did get some interviews, though. Actually, this should say yeah, very quickly. I, uh, I got a chance to interview Jeff. There, okay, did I interrupt you? What? You're yeah. Still going? Go I was going to say Sorry. that, that I did.
2: Me. I did actually go to a New York Super Week event. It was their their improv show, mm-hmm. and um, I mean, I was pretty dragging by that time of day because mm-hmm. they opened it up like right after the floor closed, seven thirty, and I was like, Ugh. but I went. And the tickets were affordable, and it was very easy to buy your tickets through the Super Week website. It's very easy to find their Super Week schedule, which, I mean, points to them because otherwise, you know, without that centralized place, it would have been harder to find all these different events. Mm-hmm, sure. And
0: what other interviews did you get, by the way?
2: I got a bunch of interviews. Um, okay. I got interview with Carlos Speed McNeil. Right, I right. got an interview with Louise Simonson. Excellent. Nice. I got an interview with Chris Claremont. Actually, at Louise Simonson's... <laughs> how long is that one? Uh, two or three minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um,
0: how on earth did you do that? Well, I'll tell you how I did
2: it. There it was. And Louise Simonson... <laughs> These Simonson's are
0: our podcast said, interviews, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Where you can get them, you can go to publishersweekly.com slash comics.
2: Yes. And hear them all. Go on. Um, basically, I was talking to Louise Simonson. I had a wonderful interview with her. And she said, you need to talk to Chris. <laughs> you need to talk to Chris. And then I was like, okay, but she was busy talking to other people. And then I was sort of drifting vaguely in his direction. And then she sort of steamed over and was like, Chris, <laughs> look, talk to this person. And Chris Claremont, well, frankly, his booth was kind of deserted. So Aww. he was he was happy to talk to somebody, I think. Yes, Chris is always <laughs> happy sure to, talk to, to talk somebody. to somebody.
0: Uh, well, and <laughs> on the that guy, note, if awesome. I may say so, I did get a few interviews also available on our podcast uh the fabulous Jeff Darrow uh, for the wackiest interview certainly I've ever had with anyone. Um, J.D. Morvan, Van, um, who was on your panel on mm-hmm. Heidi's panel on French graphic novels, who has a uh, the writer on a really incredible book called Omaha Beach um, on D-Day, and it's really it's really a homage to the uh, Magnum photographer Robert Capa. A beautiful comic about really the only photographer who actually got out on the beach during D-Day. And made it back in one piece. Uh, and, and although
1: he says there's a lot of a uh, lot of misconceptions, there's very a lot uh, of misconceptions <laughs> about whether he
0: was on the first or not. Apparently, I mean, Kappa was a bit of a fabulous. Uh, he constantly a little Brian Williams action going material, on there. Mercurial uh, in terms of changing his identity. Um, uh, though no one will deny this, he was incredibly he was courageous. Uh, war correspondent who put himself in great physical danger to come back with some of the great photographs of the 20th century only about 9 photographs uh remain of of more than 100 he supposedly took on the beach at at um at, at Normandy uh because of a weird processing error that happened when he sent the, the pictures back uh they were supposed to be posted in life magazine but they are the pictures they know that they, they were absolutely taken on D day and um the book is is incredible because it's it's a really a photographic tribute. Part of it is a beautiful comic strip, and the other part of it is really a photo book and a tribute and a, to both um, to Kappa uh, and to photography of the period. Right. And I, 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 just very quickly, also talk with John Leguizamo, um, who had his graphic memoir um, da, 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 "Ghetto Clown." There, there's apparently some controversy around the book and the artist to do it, Krista Cassano... Uh, sort of did part of the book, and Seamus Bialy kind of seemed to take it over. Uh, that said, I think it's a pretty effective book. Uh, and I also introduced Jordan Plasky, as CEO of Comic Blitz, a new, uh, um, comic book subscription service.
2: And Heidi, uh, did an interview that was sort of right before the Comic Con, yes, but yes. Comic Con theme. Yes. yes,
1: I talked to Greg Capellian, the, the founder of New York yes. Comic
2: Con, who's moved on to his
1: own event company left field media so that was kind of nice to circle back with greg and talk about olden days but uh yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't um i didn't do any interviews i was i tried to do one i tried to do one with Stephen murphy and michael zuley the uh creators oh, yes, of the, puma blues yes. now this book uh came out back in the day uh from some a very complicated publishing history i'm not even gonna go i'm just say it came out back in the day uh, this ecologically themed science fiction tale uh, with art by Azuli, uh, who you might know from some of his collaborations with Neil Gaiman. Uh, you know, yeah. he's incredibly talented. This book is so beautiful. Yeah. Dover, which is putting out all yes. of these reissues of books, including one by yes! by, your, by your humble self, uh, yours truly. Uh, You know, it's just put it out. and It's gorgeous. It's like this hardcover. It weighs a ton. Beautiful paper. Yes. And, and they did a whole new... um a whole new uh ending for it so i was supposed to interview them and it became this like comedy of i was outside they were inside i was ending up talking to steven through a chain link fence and we both agreed (laughs) that we should postpone this to a future date when we were less stressed out so uh and after i've had a chance to read the new the new ending Uh, so uh so that's that's a better idea (laughs) yeah that's the plan there but uh it's a it's a beautiful book so but, and a really beautiful edition uh, 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 from Dover. So, but I, you know, I did want to <coughs> say I think that um, uh, I I was busy with the panels. I had like a panel each day, and uh, it's just you know, even though it's one panel, and you know, some people it takes do a, a lot, lot of energy. energy. It takes a lot of energy, especially when you don't prepare ahead of time, as I don't. So you <laughs> have to prepare the night before <laughs> or the morning of, and. Uh, I'll forget it otherwise. That's why I do it no, right before. I, 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 it's all I, fresh in my mind. I tend to
0: be close yeah. to date. So uh, that close. <laughs> I had an
1: interesting uh, one that was about Andre the Giant and uh, talked yeah. about the new biography, graphic novel biography, authorized yeah. graphic novel biography of him uh, coming out from Lion Forge. Beautiful art on this by this uh-huh. French artist. Really gorgeous. This or actually, a, he's Italian. This, this is the second one. The second recent, one. Box yeah. Brown did yeah. the first one. And this a is. Well received one. Too. Very well received. You know, the guy had a very interesting yeah, life. yeah. So for sure. it's definitely worthy of two mm. different interpretations. Yes. And, uh, his daughter, Andre's daughter, Robin, uh, was on the panel. So that was kind of cool. And, uh, very well attended. No surprise there. And then, um, like I said, I wish I'd been able to listen to a a uh a recording of the lgbtq manga panel because i'd that, love to hear because it that too. was my dream team i i, I, I meant know to i was together. like this sounds and very this is, familiar this was like my dream team of people to talk about this subject well, so i definitely they, want they to and good. they were all great uh, yeah. apparently uh then like the um future comic cons panel with rob salkowitz and
0: that was a really terrific panel jim
1: Dimonacos? yes uh, of Reed and uh, the gentleman whose name I can't remember, Brent uh, Brent, Brent Friedman. Friedman, who was talking about activations and yes and, 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 um, and sensors related, and beacons
0: related to a story that I did yeah. for PW. Uh, uh, he, he's got a game called uh, Battlecasters, This was linked to another right. to a to a, um, a YA book, but it's a very interesting way to get young people to to read by creating a game really based on the content of this yeah. fantasy series. Right. Well
2: speaking of of multimedia things, my last interview was with Morgan Rosenblum, uh, the writer and creator of this graphic novel, which is apparently um, a diamond indie bestseller, uh, Treadwater. (laughs) <laughs> and uh chad coleman the actor from walking dead who became one of the producers of it as a multimedia property because yeah, he he's read it dead and he now wanted, on the show uh, he's spoiler. dead on the show he's dead on the show and so he wanted to uh he read the comic and was like i want to play that character and so therefore i will help you produce this as a multimedia property um and it was just like they like clearly like this guy was like this is his first book this is his first mm-hmm. book in comics yeah. but like he clearly was thinking And I, it sounds like it's people love it as a book but, like, he was immediately thinking, like, how many thing, different media strategies and types of media can I get this book into? I mean, he was like, we have a video game that is in beta here, which you can look at. You know, we have, like, an interactive video series on the website. I mean, like, he had everything, motion comic. And I was just like, wow. Like, I think a lot of people, even though, you know, they eventually maybe get to that level, like... A lot of people maybe want to get two or three books in before they, like, go all-out media blitz. But, like, you know, maybe mm. that's the future of comics. Yeah. I don't know. He was a huge Kickstarter success. Uh, can right. I
0: just add on? Uh, I just want to mention my my interview with Jeff Darrow was actually about the release of a new hardcover edition of Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, uh, this book that he originally did in the 90s with uh, Frank Miller. It's a usual Jeff Darrow, a gorgeous, gorgeous artwork, incredible color by Dave Stewart. In just insane detail illustration, it's it's obviously a tongue in cheek kind of take on monsters destroying Tokyo, but this this new edition is a drop dead
1: gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's from Dark Horse. He's, he's amazing. Um, well, you know, speaking of Jeff Darrow, uh, just to segue a little bit, uh, talking about actual comics news at the show. Uh, probably the biggest news came just beforehand when Dark Horse announced that they were going to be yes. reprinting the library of Mobius, Ooh. the great uh, Jean Giraud, in a hardcover edition. Yes. Uh, now they already did Myla Minara on library, so, uh, that's sort of a little, uh, you know, preview, I guess, of how this might be done. And no, no other details. I stopped by the Dark Horse mm-hmm. booth and I quizzed people. Hard, but no further details were were forthcoming about this, but uh, it's pretty exciting. I mean, Mobius is absolutely one of the most influential and uh,
0: visionary artists uh, ever in comics. So, Well, the the funny thing was that uh, I think a year and a half ago or two years ago, at Special Edition uh Jody and I Jody friend of the uh, show uh, and sometime photographer for, for PW, were roaming through the aisle. and at Jeff Darrow's booth Mobius's wife was there uh-huh. along with Mike Richardson
2: Well there you so go now there, the and of course Jeff was evidence. a very good worked closely with Mobius at one yes. time
0: cuz he spent a long time in in France Absolutely. So uh uh yeah we I kind of Figured something was broken. Well,
1: Mike was worked hard on yeah. this. The 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 widow Mobius is a very 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 uh, careful, protective? protective, yes, protective I've, I've of heard. the legacy. Uh, so protective that no one has published it in English for twenty years. So that's a real money maker there. But um, anyway, uh, you know, Mike wore her down, and I guess a friendship was born. <laughs> and hopefully, this will be. Uh, wonderful for all of us. Uh, oh, so so many people. Although that's also
0: coupled with you know humanoids, which has which is which does have some part. So has the, some has some. a part of the. Has uh, some Mobius of them. Yes, some, some of them. Yes. yes. So
1: and uh, in hideously recolored editions. Yes. So yes. It, that's a nice touch. You know, if you're going to recolor <laughs> the guy who was, uh, you know, so
2: protective of his own coloring and a genius at mm. it, you know,
1: it's good good but,
2: thing to recolor it and horrible. But hopefully, new... Dark Horse will not make the same interesting life choice. Well, I
1: hope. I hope not. Um, you know, the other news was, um, uh, Dark Knight 3, a panel mm-hmm. with Frank Miller appeared, a special. Oh, guest. God.
2: More Dark Knight. And
1: yes, More Dark Knight. And, uh, you know, they showed some art by Andy Kubert and yeah. Frank himself has drawn the mini comic, which they handed out. And it's definitely quirky. It's very quirky. Uh, you know, Frank, his, a uh, lot of rumors going around about him, his health, whatever. And he certainly looks like he's been through some kind of major illness. There's just no way around it. However, I will say I was at a press conference with him, and he was very alert. And, you know, I mean, the guy looks like he's been to hell and back, but, um, you know, he might be getting better. He's, he's been enjoying, looking like
0: that for about the last five he, he years. He has,
1: but he's enjoying life. Let me put yeah, it that well, way. that's good. We were talking a little bit, a little chit-chat. That's and good. and And uh, Brian Azzarello goes and and, you know, they hash out the Dark Knight 3 stories, but, uh, Brian, uh, both Brian and Klaus Jansen were saying that Frank, uh, just draws constantly. And, um, so, you know, this, this comic is, he, he drew it. He definitely drew it. And yeah. when you look at it, you will see that he drew it. And so, you know what? It's definitely, different um but i think it's very valid and i'm yeah. just happy to see him creating yeah, and, and, and enjoying himself
0: absolutely let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that were announced because there's also the, okay. the manga I'll that was yes. manga was announced uh, there were some manga announcement i mean principally around uh musashi uh, kashimoto the narrative creator a uh, very big deal he's in new york uh, he was doing events at comic-con and other places right. the apple
1: store apple Store mug. Kunikunia
0: yeah Kunikunia um, that's for sure um, uh, I see Kodansha announced a very unusual project that they're going to be letting western creators uh, cre- uh, work in the franchise and mm-hmm. a big anthology is going to yeah. come out sometime next fall and an interesting yeah.
1: great wide ranging line yes, of creators like creators. Cameron, Cameron Stewart yeah. Scott Snyder Kate Leff and like that's yeah. um, uh, kind of groundbreaking I yeah. thought really interesting yeah. uh, there's and also, a restful for Kishimoto yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Also, uh, lots of kids' property. Well, not lots, but there, but several key kids' properties announced. I mean, there was a big Lumberjanes panel that Raina Telgemeier, the, uh, reigning heavyweight YA graphic novel creator of the world, um, she was the moderator. DC Superhero Girls were, was out in force.
2: Yeah, I tried to get into that. The panel was so popular, you could not you get go. into that room. So, yeah. uh,
0: I'm sure they're patting themselves on the back there. Um, let's see. There were the Archie, of course, um, has released it's about three issues now the new reboot mm-hmm. uh, the Jughead book is about to come out. So there's, you know, there there were there was some announcements for news. Yeah, I,
1: IDW announced uh, something had been rumored, but they're actually going to do Rom Space Night comics again. Oh, so for wow. you wow. timers, that's there a little go. bit All cool. Right.
0: All right, so. Uh, so there you go. I think Oh, Yokai, that Yokai Watch this new Japanese import is going to also going to come out. It's a cross-platform. You know, everybody in the Brotherhood right. is going to be making it. You know, we talked this. about
1: uh at the white paper I mean we haven't even Oh yeah touched on it. I guess a lot did happen. Um, <laughs> you know, uh Milton Griep did his white paper. There's an article on it, so um that uh we wrote and it's up on the pw website so you can see where he had the figures it basically figures are up you know september's a little soft but no big worries i think it's just as he put it a soft patch but he did note that manga sales are modest growth and i i think you really did see kind of a manga resurgence i mean certainly kishimoto being there uh, makes it huge i mean he was by far the biggest comics guest Mm -hmm. there and one of the hugest guests of all but um but, it's uh, not the biggest from my standpoint, but. but, but
0: Milton, Milton uh, was very optimistic about the category. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, what, yeah, I forget what the numbers are. It's like, what, 462 million in I think 2014. That was for, a graphic for graphic Just for novel, a just book for format comedy. Just yes, for, graphic for graphic novels. novels yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> but um,
1: uh yeah, no, I, I I think there's some softness among periodical yeah. comics, but graphic yes, novels. Yes, that's where the, are great. that's where the softness and, was. Yeah, uh, you know, it just was announced this morning that uh, Namona had made the long list. Oh yes, for yes, yes, yes. Hey, she
0: made the no, not the long list, the finalists. The finalists. Yeah, yes, she yes, was already she on, was on, the on the long, long list. She was on the short finalist. list. Finalists. She was among among the five finalists. Yeah, a huge achievement.
1: And the youngest. Ever yeah, twenty-three the, years the old the short her, list for what? For the national the national, for the national, book, national Award. book awards. Okay, finalist.
0: Uh, yes, finalist. A finalist because they th- what they do now they they release a a list with fifteen titles on mm-hmm. it first and then they release a shorter list that they are the finalists. Yeah. So she'll be uh obviously at the national book awards. Right, in a very nice dress, and, no
1: doubt. Yeah, and um, <laughs> but that's just pretty huge for her. Oh, and and, and,
0: uh, and for the category.
1: of why is the category novels? seems to
0: regularly be yes. getting? Yes. A nomination, and uh, we got a winner last year yeah. too. so yeah, that's um, right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Kate,
1: Kate? Uh, you were you were going to say that there's uh, you know, just getting back to the changes of the show or the logistics of it. Now you were manning the booth, I was or personing and the booth. running the booth.
2: And
0: uh, uh,
1: yeah, how did yeah. that
2: go? <laughs> that's well, the PW booth, ladies. I and have to say <laughs> that um, when we started the right before we started this recording, Heidi told me, "Oh, I had conrad and I said. Oh, I had booth exhaustion. <laughs> um, because there's no way around it. Like the it's not even so much that the work is hard. It's that the show floor is so packed even at the back, even at like a relatively obscure booth like us that
0: even 15 minutes before closing. <laughs> even 15 more, like but
2: all the time, all yes, the time. Yes. You're in like a sea of unending people as far as the eye can see and it's it's weirdly psychologically exhausting by day 4. Like you're just like I don't want to see another human being. Cats, cats are okay. No more humans. <laughs> um and you know, it takes you a little while to fully recover from it. Um it was kind of crazy. Uh the booth went well, I think, but our our lucky winner actually got in touch with us this year. Oh. Hey, all right. Um but you know, the floor looked different. It did look different. I would say that um some people seem to have learned from the mistakes. I saw less costumes with giant wings or things that would run into people out on the floor. Now, on, in the, there's like a little concourse, um, like down from the sidewalk, like kind of going under the javits, I guess, e- so that cars can drive through. That, um, there, there was a lot of photo ops and people broke out their enormous wings, broke out their, like, lower half of the centaur, all those things. But you didn't see that on the floor. I think people have learned better. Mm. For which I was intensely grateful. Yeah, there was definitely, as I, I, I tweeted this, but as I walked outside
1: in this whole, like, pff, I don't know, parking lot of, of fantasy,
2: uh overheard somebody say this is like a rave but without the drugs. Yes. I mean there was a party <laughs> atmosphere out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean yeah. I think having that outside courtyard be I mean they had food trucks there, that was a smart that move. That was a smart move. Although had... the lines were unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> I but... don't
0: even know why people would stand in a line like that.
2: <laughs> well they can talk to their friends while they wait. It was I incredible. don't know. Whatever. Yeah, wait uh, con, line con. And uh then, you know, there were yeah, people in the larger costume <laughs> things, but like fewer enormous wings trying to cross the Across the yes. floor, great. Fewer people stopping in the middle to have their picture taken, although that still went on, yeah. but not as many. <laughs> not um,
0: diminished at all. <laughs> um,
2: but what there really was fewer of was all those dealers selling discount graphic novels, discount manga. Mm. Like, you didn't see it. You long saw long box culture, I long think. Yeah, box long box culture, I mean, yeah, you used, you're grinding. Now, the publishers, they were selling more books than ever. Oh, absolutely. Um, the artists, the writers from their tables in Artist Alley, Books were flying off the tables. We couldn't keep them in stock, but, like the all the guys who had like forty million copies of Thunderbolts and were trying to sell them off, at like low low price, there were just fewer. Like I couldn't find a single discount uh, manga dealer here, except for one place that was selling them for like twenty percent off, and I was like, not worth carrying for the con. Um, so it was it was just different. Um, and I would say that I don't know. I think you saw. You are of the really, really old school fans who typically were the ones who would grumble, in my day, we didn't have video games. Yeah, absolutely. I hate video games. But Why to, are yeah. they in New but York Comic Con? But to Comic-Con? your point, they,
0: they, they, everybody I talked to seemed to be doing pretty good sales. Right. Certainly the big publishers oh, yeah. yeah, I, I didn't hear anybody but uh, or you know, about they, uh, sales. sold out of a number No, of yeah, that, I mean, I
1: think it was a... And, and I want to throw... As did Abrams. And I want to throw in there that the artist alley at New York oh, Comic Con oh, is passed. the finest. enormous. Fineness, but it's not only enormous, but the quality Quality, quality is. is, great. is just com- creators, there yeah. is your they're, they're, just yes, comics. Yes, they're,
2: and then they're not all even established creators. There are a lot of oh, people yeah. you've never heard of, yeah, but, but, but they're all very talented. But, but, it's but, all but, very high but quality. I,
1: I would actually say that the people that you've never heard of are are uh, like like I've never seen a con, uh, and actually one of the creators was moaning a little bit, but this is a person who doesn't promote themselves very well, so. Um, but it was like it, it, it's not like at most Art of Sally's. there will be people who self-publish their little comics and stuff yeah but uh, this is like you know the guy who draws Green Lantern was sitting next to the guy who draws Spider Woman yeah, yeah. was sitting oh, next yeah. to the I woman mean, who draws, draws Lumberjanes who was yeah, sitting yeah. next you, to Eduardo Riso who was sitting next to Cliff Chang I mean it was just like it, it was amazing
0: and oh yeah, yeah. that's you why I interviewed to, Jeff Darrow at his yeah. table in yeah, I I mean that's
2: why I went to Art of Sally yeah. Yeah. I went there because this is one of the things that you really can do at New York Comic Con yeah. yeah. Philip Bay Smith yeah. was there a oh, hot new.
0: This ghostwriter is thing doing is hot Is that there's this, very
2: night. easy access to a wide variety yeah. of top notch creators.
0: Absolutely.
1: And it was great. And yeah. and if I will throw in, everybody does make fun of the hard partying uh, nature of New York Comic Con. But I have to say, to me, it's a lot like Angoulême. It's like you go, not quite as cool, uh, <laughs> but it's like you know, if you go to one of the uh, the well traveled, you know, major publisher events afterwards, you see all these people from around the world. That you really only get to see it. New York Comic Con gathered in one place, and it's really great. You know, I was talking, talking with Assad Rabak about, you know, cooking lentils, and, and, you know, really some great, you know, talking. Well, your <laughs>
0: panel on French graphic novels was just one, uh, bubble popper after oh, well. another about Angolem and other things. Um, it, it, she gave, had a panel on French graphic novels with, uh, Elsa? Elsa Cheryl, Charte, Chỉ, Um uh Penelope Beju and J.D. Morvan, mm. and certainly the the two women were like not too crazy about French comics no. culture, and were couldn't be happier to be in America. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, wow, and, and they they made the point: it's easier to make a living doing comics in America, according to them, than in. France. Well, I heard some of, of the comics, French which they publish- also
1: publishers, because uh, apparently all the pu- uh, French publishers were at this panel, and uh, you know, I'm sure they had some issues <laughs> with the content did. of the panel, and they were telling all me they didn't necessarily East. agree they with it. Did. But, you know, I think, you, Calvin, you did a great, great panel at Comic-Con in San Diego with the French publishers. Yes, yes. And, and there's been a lot yes. of, and so this was kind of the last yes. in our series of French, yes. and so we got and, some very quirky yes. And your creators. comics was
0: a part of yes. kind of the whole... Yes. Aura around this recent they you know, it's launching in November. This is an initiative by really a, a coalition of 13 European um, comics publishers to, to raise the profile of European yeah. comics in the U.S. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? We're running out of time here. This is going to be as long as New York Comic Con. So, uh, you know. It, it, but this uh, is
0: packed with information. Uh, it was
1: packed with information. It was. Uh, I. Uh, you know what normally, even though I got concord normally at the end of it you know like how was your coming like it was hellish, and you know what i i it was it was okay, it was okay yeah, I probably I, I, thinking about it, and I probably had a better time this year than I have in the mm-hmm. last few years and uh so now I understand I accept I okay. accept right.
2: good I was exhausted, but uh, you bet I'm coming back next year <laughs> yeah
0: well i I'm, I'm exhausted, but I intend to be back as well
2: well, I guess yeah. there'll be more to come <music>